It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everybody, it's Ron Johnson, and this is the Ron Johnson Show on Locked On Sports Minnesota. Excited about today's show. We get to talk Super Bowl, but also Roy Williams is going to join us in the Hanging Ron Johnson segment. He's going to drop some gems on this Vikings defense. And then Mike Zimmer, is he ready to be back in the NFL? We'll see what Roy thinks about that coming up next. Locked On Sports Minnesota podcast. It's endless Minnesota Vikings talk with the diverse voices of your local experts. Now the Ron Johnson Show. On the field, in the broadcast booth, Ron Johnson is Minnesota sports. He's played with them, hung out with them, and grown up with all the big names in Minnesota sports. They're hanging out with Ron Johnson. It's the Ron Johnson Show on the Locked On Sports Minnesota podcast. And it starts now. Hey, good people. It's a beautiful Tuesday morning. Uh, birds are chirping. Uh, worms are being eaten. And it's a great day in Minnesota. I don't know where you're listening from, but thank you guys for joining me today on the Ron Johnson Show on Locked On Sports Minnesota. Uh, I'm excited because it's Super Bowl week. Like this week to me is always uh, fun. It brings memories back of me and my dad because this is something we always shared and talked about. Of course, his Pittsburgh Steelers days, as you can see the helmet back there behind me, signed by all the, uh, I think, I don't know if that's a 78 or a 79 team. But you got me and Joe Green, Franco Harris, Tony Dungy. Uh, I mean, you you just name the star, the celebrity from the Steelers, Steel Curtain defense, Hall of Famer after Hall of Famer. They're on there. Uh, Donnie Shell. I mean, I can go on and on and on. Um, and so, of course, you know, this is the week I usually either have my Super Bowl rings with me or I keep one with me just kind of, you know, like a, a, a memory or like taking my dad with me when I go. So I'm excited. But I got a guy joining me today, Roy Williams. Reminds me of my dad, the way he played football. So we're going to get to him in a little bit in the uh, Hang Around Johnson segment. But I want everybody to know today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code Locked On for $20 off your first purchase. I did it. It's easy. Your tickets are right there in your phone. Safe and secure. You don't have to worry about scammers because, sorry, Detroit Lions fans, I heard about the playoffs ticket scam that happened. Uh, so sorry, uh, but you should have went on Game Time. If you went on Game Time, you wouldn't have dealt with Detroit scammers. And I guess, I'm guessing it wasn't Detroit fans because I don't think that would have happened. It, it sounds like it was a traveling scalper and a traveling fan that got defrauded and uh, the tickets weren't real. So that's why you download the Game Time app. It's safe, it's secure, and it's legal. It's real. You'll have your tickets right there when you go. So $20 uh, on your first purchase. Just use code Locked On. And you can uh, get that. Just download the Game Time app in any app market on your phone, device, whatever app market you're using. Uh, we're going to get Roy Williams in the show in a little bit, but uh, quickly, we're going to talk about the Super Bowl. And then, of course, what to expect this weekend. I got to ask Sam a question. So let's get Sam Extraman here, my producer. Um, I got a Super Bowl party being planned. I know I got I got some we're doing some film study stuff. I know the Vikings are planning on doing some stuff as well because the draft is coming. I'm excited about that. I can't wait to unveil that for you guys because uh, we're going to do some some draft breakdowns of potential draft picks of the Vikings. So we're not telling you who the Vikings are drafting because they don't even know. Uh, but but we, we Gabe Henderson, uh, you know, he and I are going to break down some film. I think Pete Burst is going to be involved as well. Uh, keep that tight to the vest, though. But we are. it's going to be a fun uh, time of breaking down some film. Uh, but when I think about, Sam, my question for you is I saw on Twitter, I don't know if you saw this, the Swifties are throwing Super Bowl parties now. 
So one of the videos, and I'm not going to lie, I'm actually going to head over to the store. I found a store that has it in Minnetonka. Um, so I'm heading over there today at some point. Have you ever heard of glitter in your drink? Edible glitter. So this is the Julia Daniels thing, right? You saw this, I saw well, you. It was Julia. the tweet for yeah. So I tweeted the video and I asked the question. And yeah, Julia Daniels from Care Eleven NBC. Okay. She responded to me. Uh, Nadine Babu from Gopher uh, Gopher Sports. She responded to me. Uh, got some players joking around with me, not talking about. Oh, we're not putting glitter in whiskey, are we? And and the answer is no. We are not putting glitter in uh, whiskey. But <laughs> glitter in the kids' drinks. I'm like. Why not? Let's try it. I mean, the Swifties. So I'm I'm gonna try it. I'm, my kids, you know, they love the uh the cherry drink. I forgot what it's called. Um, ah, uh, with the cherry and the Sprite and the Grenadine. Um, oh, Shirley Temple. I? Shirley Temple. Yeah. So a Shirley Temple, but yeah. with some glitter. Like we're gonna get some silver glitter in there. Uh, but yeah. But That's when fine. I said it to to my wife, and my daughter too, I'm like, there's glitter that you can eat. And my daughter's like, yeah, Dad. What do you think around cupcakes? I was like, oh yeah, the little spray. So, yeah, so I'm going to try that today. But say, I don't know. Have you ever tried the glitter in the drinks? Because uh, I'm going to like we're going to do that for our little Super Bowl party this weekend. That, that, that's a good idea. Um, very swifty of you to do that. I avoid glitter at all costs. I mean, my kids bring home art from school with glitter. It gets everywhere. I know this isn't the edible kind, but I just generally don't like glitter. So I don't think this is something I would be into. But um hey if if it's it, let me know how it goes okay i'd like you <laughs> to test it out first before i dip my toe into the edible glitter pond because i know we're taking our trip you know once the super bowl ends we always take our trip to mexico and so um because we're always in hopes that the vikings you know it's, it's holding on hope that the vikings might go to the super bowl so i don't ever want to plan a trip until after the super bowl just in case uh, because we were almost there, Eagles, uh, Vikings, you know, Super Bowl was here in Minnesota. So, you know, then that was a time I remember my wife almost did it. And we're like, I'm like, let's just wait. Let's just wait and see. And uh, they lost. They lost the NFC Championship game to the Eagles. I'm not going to uh, pull off old scabs, people. Um, but we we do go after it. So I'm thinking about even taking it down there because down there is the margaritas. Uh, you know, it's the tequila shots. I'm like, let me let me get some glitter out. And I'm going to travel with the glitter. Uh, but I just want to try it. I got I, I'm a girl dad. I got two girls. Uh, so I'm like, how can I make the Super Bowl party fun for them? Glitter in their Shirley Temples. And so I'm going to put like glitter on the cherry, then drop it into the drink. I mean, I'm, I got it. I got it. I'm like, you know, roll it around in there. So you got glitter cherries. Uh, I got it. I got to kind of like, I'm ready for this. I got it. I got a it mixologist. all. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I got to roll the glitter in the chair, the cherries in the glitter. So you have like glitter maraschino cherries. You got to have the stem on it. So you're not just grabbing glitter. You grab the stem, put it in your drink. And now it's, 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 it's a glitter bomb. Uh, into a drink. But let's talk about the Super Bowl a little bit, Sam. I saw some of the interviews come up. Uh, one that really shocked me, <laughs> Kadarius Tony was asked if he's the number one receiver in this league, and he said, yeah, if I get the ball. I don't know why he said that, but the comments that I've seen on social media are absolutely hilarious. People are saying, if you could catch the ball, somebody said, guess his stats. That's what the ESPN tried to put up there. They know what they're doing, though. They're getting the, They knew it was going to come. It was an onslaught of one catch, nine yards, three drops, uh, three offsides, and uh, an interception because you tipped the ball to the DB. I mean, there's all kinds of just – so that's one. But then uh, it seems like the 49ers fans, and I get they're closer. And we know Roy Williams is from the Bay Area, so we'll talk to him about that, you know, growing up a faithful. I don't know if he did or not. But uh, they're closer to Vegas. So they overtook the interviews because they were booing all the Chiefs and cheering all the 49ers, and you could just hear it was so much louder. Uh, but also the 49ers. I don't know if you heard this one. Their field sucks. The Chiefs have a better, or 
Or is it vice versa? Does the Chiefs have a bad field? No, yeah, the 49ers, the I think, have a bad field. Practice field? Yeah, the 49ers okay. have a bad practice field. And so now the conspiracy theorists are out on that, that, you know, the NFL is trying to make sure Taylor Swift's boo has a good week of practice and the 49ers uh, don't have a good week of practice because what they did was they took turf or grass. They tried to give them natural grass, I think, or turf. I can't remember which one. And they just put it on top. And I don't think they realize you can't just put turf on top of grass or grass on top of turf. Whichever one they did, they said it's like a sponge because it's supposed to be on flat, like hard ground with those little yeah. black pellets. And if it's dirt, then it's supposed to be a flat level of dirt. And then you put the grass down on top. But I'm not a botanist, but I have had my lawn done when I when we got our new sprinkler system. It takes like a good month or two for grass to like grab root for you to even feel like you can run on it. You let alone cut on it with cleats. And so the, 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 the Las Vegas people just completely whiffed on this one. So now they're trying to figure out if they're going to split time at Allegiant stadium or using the, 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 the Vegas Raiders stuff. Um, I mean, I, I've heard even like talking about taking a, a trip to Reno um, to just try to get, you know, to figure out if we need to practice in Reno for the week. Cause they, you know, you can go to Nevada, they have a field. And so there's a lot of crap that's going to happen. And right now everybody's conspiracy. It's, we want Taylor Swift to win the Super Bowl So Travis Kelsey can propose, but Sam, what are your thoughts on what you've seen so far? Uh, it's only been what one day, but so far already in this lightning of a, <laughs> of a one, one day or two days, I guess they flew in on Saturday, Sunday, and it's already crazy. Yeah, I'm I'm ready for the game to be played already. Um, you know, the media day stuff is fun. You see like, you know, the that 11-year-old kid interviewing people on on Radio Row and the questions are funny and people seem to have smiles on their faces, but I'm ready for the game. I'm ready to see if the the Chiefs can stop the Niners running game and Christian McCaffrey or if they shut it down like they did Baltimore's mm-hmm. and then I think the Chiefs are in a great spot. I want to see if the the 49ers are once again a bridesmaid, never a bride. They get to the Super Bowl a lot the past 20 years, can't win it. Um, So I think there's a lot of intrigue about this game, but a lot of hoopla, a lot of hoopla leading up. I don't know if it's the Taylor effect or if it's just like two-week buildup to a Vegas Super Bowl is bound to be kind of noisy, but I'm ready for the football. I'm, I'm looking forward to Sunday. Well, the good thing is there's no Taylor. Not the good thing. I don't care about Taylor Swift. She can be on there all she wants. Uh, there's not going to be a lot of Taylor Swift coverage because she's having her concert wherever. I forgot where it is, like China or Tokyo or something. So yeah. we're not going to get any Taylor Swift interviews before uh, unless she sends a video or something and it gets leaked because one of the players in the locker room are like, oh, Taylor Swift sent Travis Kelsey a, a smooches video. Uh, <laughs> but when you look at the odds, because I went to FanDuel, uh, our partner in FanDuel, and went to the odds right now, uh, plus two and a half right now on the Chiefs. So. I mean, if you if you look at this the way the betters are going, we always know that it's it's the driven of the betters. Uh, one of the early props, uh, Brock Purdy and Patrick Mahomes combined for fifty plus rushing yards. So that's combined. So that means twenty five yards each. That's plus one fifty. Um, Chris Jones, Nick Bosa both record a half sack. That one's interesting. And then Christian McCaffrey scores two rushing touchdowns. And, and see, I think that's the scary one the two rushing touchdowns because he's probably going to score two touchdowns, but we've seen it be in the past in the screen game. Uh, we know he's a Swiss army knife, him and Debo Samuel. So they put him everywhere. Um, so there are some early props that you can get down on early now. Uh, but the Brock Purdy, Patrick Mahomes plus plus one fifty. I don't know, Sam, that, that seems like an easy one, but it also seems like a, a sucker bet because these are two good defensive lines. These are two good line, you know, linebacking cores. 
So is there even going to be a lot of opportunity to run? These are two, especially the 49ers, these are two teams that play a ton of two man. And there's always a spy backer or a spy DB. Um, so I, I'm just wondering like if this is a sucker bet. But I know that's just throwing out how much they've rushed in the last couple of playoff games and then put it together and let's put a bet out there for people to bet on. Um, but Sam, quick, I know we're going to talk about this Friday on the round table, but yeah. any quick predictions? We got Roy Williams about to join us, but any quick predictions on the Super Bowl? I personally, I just feel like, and I don't know why, I just want mutual destruction of the world. I feel like this is a chief Super Bowl. Like, I feel like people want to see Taylor Swift, Travis Kelsey win the Super Bowl. And maybe he retires with his brother. Like, that could be the other secret. He's going to retire his brother and be a house husband and, and follow a billionaire around the world as she continues to. I mean, she's putting out a new album. Uh, what is it? Torture Poets or something like that? Like, come on now. Like, what, what she's going to write all. I don't know how much she's going to write about the NFL in there, but I know that's a tease. Like, you know, there's going to be a song about either NFL fans or Chiefs fans or something that's going to get the NFL like all riled up and everybody excited. Like, oh, my God, she wrote a song about hanging out with Travis Kelsey and meeting her boo and blah, blah. And her torture. She's a torture poet because, you know, the, the world is just hates her because she's at a football game swag surfing or canoeing, as I think it looked like. It didn't look like a swag surf. It looked like a canoe Rowing the boat. Looked like she was rowing the boat. She didn't even look like she was rowing the boat. Like, like even the row the boat, like, because we've seen that with all the, like, Antoine Winfield and the Buccaneers did it. It wasn't even that. I don't know what it was. It was, it was, it, it was bobsledding or something. I don't know. I just, I just saw, I just saw the, 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 the Olympics because they just saw the uh, Australian bobsled team. Uh, I don't know why I was randomly watching it, but so that, maybe that's what it was. They were hitting the turns on the bobsled, but. Yeah, I mean, she has the. I think I'm I'm for mutual destruction of the world, and let's just let's just give Taylor Swift a Super Bowl win. Uh, I don't know, Sam. What are your quick predictions before we get to Roy Williams? Yeah, Chiefs feel unbeatable the way they're playing in these playoffs. I think San Francisco though has is better up and down the roster. So I I am I am leaning slightly San Francisco's way at this point um, because it doesn't always go by the storybook. The storybook right. is is that the Chiefs win. Taylor Swift is happy. I think that the 49ers will steal it and be the Grinch and ruin Christmas for uh, for KC. Well, coming up next, we got Roy Williams hanging and uh, hanging with Ron Johnson segment. And before we do that, we have a word from our sponsors. When you want to get to the best sporting events, the best theater, the best music, or even the big game, you got to use game time. Killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, views from your seat, and the best price guarantee. Game time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. And right now, all users get $100 off when they buy a big game ticket with code VEGAS100. So why do you like the game time app? Why is it so great? Because you, you look at the app, you see your view from the seat, you see the all-in price, and they will give you 110% of the cost back if you find tickets in the same section and row for less. Uh, they've got tickets right up to the start of the event and even an hour after it starts. So right now, take the guesswork out of the big game. Get $100 off a big game ticket with code Vegas100. Terms apply. Download the Game Time app and use code Vegas100 for $100 off a big game ticket. Or if you're not going to that game, use code Locked On for $20 off your first purchase. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. So now it's time for the Hanging Around Johnson segment. I got my boy, Roy Williams. I met Roy in 2001-ish, like 2002. We both were heading to the NFL, um, and we were at the Rookie Symposium, like this Hey Rookie in the NFL, and I'm walking down the hall. My cousin, 
uh, who was an agent with Tom Condon, knew Roy. Roy comes walking down the hallway, like brand new jewelry, all this stuff. He's like getting gifts and everything. He's got, you know, people dropping off robes and, and fruit baskets to his door. I'm like, oh, that's that, that's that dude from uh, Oklahoma. So, so I went over and and we kicked it since then. We went to the Super Bowl, All Star Games. We hung out a lot. So I always enjoy having Roy on. But just so you guys know, Roy is now a college football Hall of Famer. This is a guy with 597 tackles in the NFL. 474 of them were solo tackles. So he's by himself. He didn't need help. 77 and a half sacks, 11 fumble recoveries, and 20 interceptions. I want to. Thank George Roy Williams for joining me on the Ron Johnson the Show. Hall of Fame or a ruckus round of applause from the crowd. Uh, when you got inducted into the College Football Hall of Fame, man, what 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 did that feel like? It, it's still like unreal. I mean, I got the football up on my wall right here that, you know, when they send it to you to let you know that you're being inducted. But it's it's unreal, you know, because I never played for accolades. I just honestly, I just wanted to run around and hit people. Thousand, thousand percent. That's all I wanted to do and have fun, right? And so when I got the call and they told me that I was going to be inducted, I mean, it was just like you think back of uh, the times when you're I was playing street ball or playing Pop Warner or playing in high school and then I, you know, and playing in college and just like, man, all that hard work, you know, it, it paid off. I mean, because if you think about it, it's like, I think they say like over five million um college athletes have played college football, but only like less than 2,000 of them have been inducted in the College Football Hall of Fame. And I'm a part of that. And it's just like, like mind blown. So, I mean, it, it is an honor for, for sure. Like, I, I don't take it lightly, but it's still like, nah, you guys pick the wrong person. You know, at times. <laughs> <laughs> so, but no, I'm, I'm very, very thankful. Sure. He was like, hey, well, you talk about the receiver? Like, I'm the DB. <laughs> talk about the coach from North Carolina? <laughs> like, this is the DB. No, yeah. man, like, I, I do love that. It's, it's the funniest thing, like, when I used to see uh, basketball stuff happen, yeah. and then all of a sudden I see you tagged. I'm like, why is Roy tagged? And I was like, oh, the coach. Mm-hmm. Then I see, like, a Detroit Lions something, and they're tagging Roy. I'm like, I'm like, y'all getting this dude confused with the other Roy? And so, I like, I know you've gone through that, man, but, you know, you were a Jim Thorpe Award winner. Uh, Brock on the Gursky trophy as well. Like you, you've yeah. done so much in your career, but here's one man that like I, Tony Dungy always told me this man, like being uncommon is about your legacy. It's also, it's not always about like quantity. It's about the quality of the things you do. And you now at the university of Oklahoma have a strength <clears throat> and conditioning speed complex. And so when that was named, you know, for your athletic achievements and everything you've done for the university, like even that, man, seeing the construction of a speed and strength uh, complex, man, at your school, like how cool is that? Like, you know, just walking by and being like, you know, or like do people ever like see you and be like, oh, that like that's the, that's the same person? Yeah, no, it's now how that even happened was uh, Jerry Schmidt, the strength and conditioning coach. Um, now he's back at OU. He called me. He was like, hey, Roy, um, do you mind making a, you know, a donation and building a weight room for the guys? I was like, done. Like, because I just I know what the university had mm-hmm. helped me with. Right. So I was like, that's the, the least I can do. So I'm, I made a donation. And yes, I was able to get the Roy Williams speed and conditioning and people hate me for that because that's where they get murdered by our straight college. <laughs> but, but the cool thing about it is it's, 
I was able to do another gift. And then in the Barry Switzer Center, where all the national award winners are, it says Roy Williams um, uh, Awards winner wall, national awards winners wall. So, you know, I, I have my name on two prominent areas around the university. But the biggest thing for me was I want my legacy to live on when I'm gone from here. Mm-hmm. And I want people and I want my kids to be able to go up there and be proud to say, you know, my dad first did some amazing things at the University of Oklahoma and he um, gave back. He just didn't he just didn't take. He gave back. And um, so that's I mean, that's what I hold on to more than, you know, I, <clears throat> all the accolades and all these cool things because those are cool, but I just want my legacy to live on, you know, when I'm, I'm gone from here, you know? And so I'm, I'm trying to do that. Um, and, and mentoring some players and talking to some of the, um, the coaches and the parents and stuff, but you know, we'll see. I mean, it's, it's cool. I mean, it's cool to be able to, honestly, it's cool to be able to go back to my university and still get love and respected because a lot of people can't say that. And and one thing too, I mean, when you think about the Pro Bowl, and you know, you were a part of the Pro Bowl. Uh, you look at two thousand three, you Darren Woodson. Uh, you know, you guys had a ridiculous defense. Um, but going to the Pro Bowl used to be like, wow, I'm at the Pro Bowl. I'm in Honolulu, or I'm here. This, and now you watch it and you see like flag football and pushing a sled down the end through the end zone, and you see, you know, dudes arm wrestling and doing dodgeball. Do you think? uh that it's it's never coming back like i just watched some sean taylor ed reed because i remember that one because i was there uh that's when ed reed uh you know actually oh yeah it was the same year you both were there because we were all were there yeah because i because i went down there with ed reed and um oh yeah because i'm not gonna tell some of those stories i can't tell all those stories don't don't do that don't do that don't do that (laughs) lock that in the vault don't open it back up until we're one-on-one. I forgot about that. Yeah, because you introduced me to Terrell Owens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I can't tell that one. We, we, we had some late nights. Jack in the Box, yeah. parties, warm moon. <laughs> but no, we had some fun times. We had some fun times, man. And now they don't even go to Honolulu anymore. It's in Orlando. But do you think, like, because I remember, like, Ed Reed's interception, Sean Taylor's hit. You know, I think mm-hmm. people were getting mad at you because they were like, Roy, don't, don't go too hard. Like, do not hit yeah. us. And... <laughs> Yeah, because y'all dudes didn't know like you, Sean and Ed, man. Y'all didn't know like Ed blocked a punt in the Pro Bowl. Like sure y'all just did. Did. Sure did. Thought, yeah, y'all didn't know how to like. like Whoa, it's on! It is on. We trying to get that dub too and get that check. So when you think about that, man, do you think it'll ever get back to that prominence of what it yeah. used to be? Like trying to win that money, guys playing hard, you know. I don't know. I don't know how you get it back, but yeah, I mean, is it, is it the, is it because uh, LeVar Arrington said this, he said the luster of being a pro bowler is gone. Do you think that's true? It most definitely is. I mean, it's, we were able to grow up in an era where football was fun, you know? And when I say fun, I mean, you know, there's a possibility when you cross that white line, you may be coming back, you know, gimped or hurt or whatever, but, that was the thrill of playing in the NFL. And what the Pro Bowl is now is not what I recognize. Right. I, hell, I didn't even watch it. I mean, I don't even watch Pro Bowl because yeah. it's just like, I mean, I'm not, if I want to watch 707, I go watch flag football on Sundays with my son. Right. <laughs> you know I mean? so, um, so, but no, it, it's, it's, it will never get back to what it 
once was because, I mean, I get it. They're trying to protect players or whatnot, but protecting the players is bringing a, a, a detriment to what everybody grew to love about this game. Right. It's, it's like, that's, that part is gone, you know? Right. So it's, I mean, I don't know. I'm just, it's not the same. It's, 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 it's not enjoyable. Um, and the whole, when they first left the Hawaii, I was like, mm-hmm. that's the worst. I mean, I, I thought that was horrible because that was like, for instance, when I was a rookie, right. <clears throat> when I went to the Cowboys, Joe Jurassic, the strength coach was like, you cannot change the music in the weight room unless you have the a list of things, right? And one right. of them was like, if you take a, if you get a free paid all expense trip to Hawaii, mm-hmm. and that next year after I went to the Pro Bowl, I was able to touch the radio, you know, <laughs> <laughs> like that meant something to me, right? You know what I mean? Like that was that was I accomplished that I can touch the radio, and but it's like going to Hawaii and you know, hanging out um, with the folks in Hawaii and understanding the culture and then going to the army bases and then going to the children's hospitals and spending time with those kids. I mean, that meant something. Yeah. Being able to have a free paid expense trip to Hawaii and being around the league's best of the best. And, you know, they know, everyone knows, you know, come game time, you know, might have to hit you, but right now we're cool. Right. <laughs> but it's not it, it's not that. It's not that anymore. And it's 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 tough. It's tough. Yeah, no, I know, because they're trying to make the game safer. Uh guys were, you know, I, I know the one vid, you know, a couple videos pop up is like Ed Reed's tackle, your tackle, uh Sean Taylor's ridiculous hit. Yeah, uh, I think Ray Lewis cool. had across the middle one. Um, yeah, just tell a punter, like, yeah, it's a pro bowl, but don't you can't just run. Like, you no, about to get this first uh, down. Like, you better slide. <laughs> he got lit up. And so, uh, but yeah, man, it, it, it is what it is. The, the NFL is trying to make it safer. We get it. But one reason, like another reason why I, I hit you up, and you know this, um, I don't know if you saw this, but as of late, the video we did earlier in the year, and this is what tells me, this is how I know how the world works, man. Like, sometimes you put stuff out in the ether and people kind of consume it does well and then something happens and everybody's eating it up and now all of a sudden everybody's eating up the video of your conversation about mike zimmer and uh mike zimmer you know possibly might be a defensive coordinator in the nfl uh but when you look at today's nfl player let's go with the cowboys you got trayvon diggs you got bland uh you got these social media divas you got you know you got cd lamb uh, you got, you know, it's just a different era of player. Do you think Mike Zimmer's style? Because you said he was tough love and he got the best out of you, but he was gonna, he was gonna get it out of you. Do you yeah. think Mike Zimmer can still survive in today's league? Do you think like Micah Parsons and like that's what those guys need to get over the hump? I, honestly, I think it's on where that where that that defense are those players want to go. Mm-hmm. You know, do you want to keep coming up short? Or do you want to get pushed to your limits of reaching that greatness that takes you over that hump? Like, what do you want? Like, what do you want in your life? What do you want to be known for, for playing in the NFL? Do you want to be known that, oh, you have the talent, but you just couldn't get over the hump? Or you superseded your abilities because you got pushed? Right. You know, it, it just depends on the player. I mean, it's it's tough because... Yes, Zim, I think Zim can coach in this league. 
I think he may have to pull himself back on his approach because it's it's strong. Like, I mean, it's he'll lay it on you because he sees the potential within you mm. that you don't see for yourself. And it's, it's sometimes it's tough because it's like a coach can't want something for you so bad that you don't you don't want it for yourself. Like you have to have that want inside of you. And that's what I mean by like he pulled so much out of me because he demanded it of me because he knew that I can do it. It's just that I had to believe it myself. Or those players have to believe it. And you can see when those players, you know, self-doubt themselves or they, you know, doubt themselves, you see it in their play. And you kind of witness that when guys start second-guessing themselves and, you know, Minnesota started off on fire when Zip was there and then Mm -hmm. started dwindling away because, you know, guys just, they lost it, you know, and I'm not trying to be disrespectful to anybody. It's just that you got plan for a coach like Zim, that fire has to be lit nonstop Mm -hmm. within you to achieve the, the success that you want to just uh, to, um, to achieve the for that team fans you got to have that same desire that that coach has and those players have because it's like we're all everybody's one you know what I mean like we're all trying to pull towards the same goal and it, it's just you can tell watching watching film and seeing them their first couple of years until their latter years like you know they I'm not going to say they were getting disrespectful, mm-hmm. but you can tell that they're like, I'm, I'm tired of this. I'm tired of getting pushed this way. I'm probably tired of getting talked this way. But are you tired of your play looking the way it looks? You know, like, right. Step up your game. But anyways, yeah. Long story. Yeah, no, I mean, because, yeah, I mean, that's the thing when you think about the, the the talent on the Cowboys team and the depth chart and just the names, like when you go down the list and you can stay away from the offense because Zim's not going to really touch that. We know that he never touched it as a head coach. Um, but, you know, Demarcus Lawrence, uh, you know, is one of them. Then you can go over to Micah Parsons. You can go over to Stefan Gilmore, J. Ron Curse, uh, uh, Deron Bland. You got Malik Hooker. Uh, and then, of course, you got Trayvon Diggs, who was on IR. But, I mean, they got guys. Like, when you name the guys, they have them. It's like, how do I get the most out of them? You think about Zimmer uh, with Xavier Rhodes, you know, put him in a Pro Bowl. Harrison Smith mm-hmm. turned him yeah. into the, the weapon he became. Uh, you look at Ant Harris even, you know, became a yeah. starter with the Vikings, went on and played for the Eagles. Like, he's he's taking – I mean, J. Ron Kerr started with Zim. And now look yeah. at him. You know, everybody wanted him to be this big nickel with the Vikings and they never really could find it, but Zimmer kept trying and trying and trying. And then when he got his shot with the Cowboys, he earned it and he went yeah. out there and played well. And and now people are seeing what Zim saw in him. Yeah. Um, I think that's the the thought process behind a lot of this is, uh, you know, Anthony Barr, Eric Kendricks, uh, Everson Griffin, Daniil Hunter. Uh, you can name the guys that, you know, he really put his teeth into, uh, you know, you know, it just Chad Greenway, you know, like he just put his teeth in some of these guys and say, Hey, look, this is how good you can be. And I remember you telling me stories about that. Cause when he was here and you and I talked, you know, same thing. It was like, yeah, man, I love him. He was this, he was that. And so, yeah, you, you, it depends on the guy. And I think that's where the Cowboys are at right now. It depends on the guy. I think Zim does deserve a chance to coach in this league. Um, Cause there's a lot of coordinators out there who are terrible and they continue to get jobs. Um, and there's a lot of coordinators out there that go, you know, have their own issues with the NFL. 
And one of them, of course, is Brian Flores. You know, he sued the NFL when he left the Dolphins. Uh, had to sit out because he yeah. was suing the NFL and suing the owners. And then he uh, goes on to the Steelers because, you know, the Roonies <laughs> are all for like, look, man, like this ain't got nothing to do with us. You yeah. know, th- that's not our problem that we didn't cheat. And so then because of Mike Tomlin extending a hand, then the Vikings extend a hand and he did a great job. You know, he yeah. turned a defense around. There was a lot of injury, a lot of issues with the defense, with the offense as well. Kirk Cousins tearing an Achilles. But when you look at Brian Flores' defensive scheme, the Dolphins, he he got them good. Like he 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 made them better because when he got there, they were terrible. Over the next three years, he made that defense good. That's why the scheme is still the same there. They just got rid of him because yeah. of what he was saying was going on with the tanking for Tua. Um, yeah. And then when you think about that team, then you see him move over to the Vikings and what he's doing. If you were in that defensive system, three four defense safeties get to kind of create and do not do their own thing, but they you know do their own thing within the scheme. Uh, how fun is that to play for a guy like Flores that's like, man, I'm going to try something different. Let's just blitz 60% of the time and see what happens. <laughs> no, I, I would love that. Because, uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I like to be closer to the line of scrimmage. I mean, I was I was, I was was comfortable there. I just – it was something about hitting your, your shoulder pads against some of those offensive linemen or the tight ends or the running backs. It just, it, it just wakes you up. It makes you alive like you're, you're in it. And honestly, it's I think what um, Coach Flores did for the Miami Dolphins. Right. And then what he did uh, last year with the Minnesota Vikings. I mean, it's it's like you have your three linemen and then you have, you know, hybrids from there on out. I mean, you got your corners then everything else is like. Well, actually, some actually, I think they moved a corner to safety and they move the safety down the linebacker. And then it just, you have so much skilled players on the football field, it creates mismatches. And then, then you got, you short a three man front, but then you may blitz six or you may blitz five, you know, or you got, I mean, it just, it creates a lot of chaos. And that's the most beautiful thing about his defense is creating chaos. Like, okay, who's really going to come then it, you know, it, then it might leave a gap open. I mean, I was I was actually looking at um, some of the schemes, and I guess they're calling the linebackers that they're pluggers. They plug those hoes or, mm-hmm. or whatnot. So I was that was cool to see because I was like, man, look at the the. I was looking at the you know the chart of the defense, you know, and it had the the O's, the X's and O's, and I was just like, wow, it's like that's that's genius, especially in this day and age. I mean, with them putting so much speed on the football field with, with you know, the the, the tight ends and the, the slots or whatnot. And you, your running backs damn near run uh, receivers. I mean, hell, yeah. like Debo Sample, you were just talking about Debo. I mean, he's he's hybrid. He's a running back and he's a receiver and a slot. I mean, it's just like <clears> – <throat> so to be able to match that, you have more defensive, defensive backs, speed, um, and they're aggressive, you know. So it's – I mean, I can't say that because – they are aggressive, but they're not aggressive because this league now is pacified and it's not as aggressive. You know what I mean? Like you can't hit, you cannot hit in this league, and that that burns me. That burns me. But I like the way that uh, Coach Flores has uh, constructed this defense because it's it's going to help for the better. And I think they, I think Minnesota dropped two slots. Like I think they were like maybe nineteen, and I think they went down to sixteen or seventeen or something like that. So in total defense, and you know. You can see it. You can see it coming. 
like that he's going to get it. He's going to get it turned around. And you would be crazy to be a defensive guy, not wanting to play in the system because you can create so much havoc and they created so much havoc. I mean, from the fumble recoveries and some of the uh, um, forced fumbles and, and the uh, interceptions that they're able to uh, force this year. Yeah, no. And, and that's the thing, like the, the offense had so many turnover issues. If the offense could have held on to the ball and it wasn't yeah. even interceptions, like Kirk Cousins was doing well, like he was headed for a prolific historic career like season toward, toward his, uh Achilles. Yeah. But it was the offense, the tight ends fumbled the ball to start games. The running backs were fumbling the ball like three times in a row. Like it was yeah. it was the craziest. I had never seen so much. I mean, I, the only way I could have put it was. Somebody in Vegas got to these guys' families because <laughs> some of the fumbles just did not make sense. Like it was just like we started every single game with a turnover. It was it was nuts for like the first eight games, and we were all. I mean, they historically they almost hit historic numbers of turnovers in NFL history. Like the number of turnovers by an offense, like it was nuts. And so when you think about that and Brian Flores's defense, one guy I want to talk about because you mentioned this was uh, Josh Metellus was the safety that kind of played linebacker, played nickel, played corner, mm -hmm. uh, played – he played outside backer. They called it a DN, but it was technically outside backer. Um, and the reason for it is because he started three safeties. Um, he looked at his defense, what he needed. He didn't have a true – like the linebacker I think he wanted um, wasn't healthy to start the season. And so he ended up making Josh Metellus that guy, which actually worked long-term, where he said, I'm going to go with three safeties. because, And you know this, Roy, when you're picking that 53 – yeah. everybody's fighting in their meeting room for who they want and how many guys they want, uh, which is one of the reasons I think the defensive line coach had to go because he was he was not happy with the number. Uh, he ended up only having like four defensive linemen. Yeah. Uh, and Flores got to keep six safeties. I've never seen a <laughs> roster with six safeties, four at the <clears throat> most, maybe five yeah. of a special teams guy, but six yeah. is like, Wait, what? You have six safety? You have more safeties than cornerbacks. Like, yeah. what are we doing? And so then we figured out why, though, because he was he was in this three safety system. He unveiled it when the season started. We were all confused as heck. Like, okay, I have no idea what he just did with his fifty three, but let's see what happens. But Josh yeah. Metellus was the guy. Played at Michigan, uh, six round draft pick. Uh, was up for the Pro Bowl, just not famous enough yet. People didn't understand yeah. what they're voting for. I mean, the dude had more interceptions, more tackles. Same as Anton Winfield. Like, all those guys should have been in front of Buda Baker, but that's a different story. Um, yeah. And so when you think about that, though, when you look at a guy like Josh Metellus, if that were you, if, if Brian Forrest came and said, hey, man, Roy, I need you to be everywhere on this field. You're going to be in cover two. You're going to be in quarters. Then you're going to blitz. And I need you to play backer and and, and rob the hook flat. Like, yeah. How how excited would you have been every week as Josh Metellus to go into the meetings knowing you don't know where you're going to be, but you're going to be somewhere on that field? I, yes, I would have. I would. I would embellish and love to take on that role because it's like, as for me, I always wanted to be challenged when I stepped on the football field, and I always I always looked at opposing offenses as a puzzle. And I need to try to figure it out, you know, especially in college. And, you know, my first couple of like, if you think about it, my first couple of years, I was in that position with Mike Zimmer, you know, because Mike Coach Zimmer just let me go. Like he was caught the defense and was like, go wreck havoc, you know, and that's what they're doing with uh, uh, Josh, you know, um, and to be able to have that coach's confidence and he's pushing me forward, like 
go go make go make some uh, some noise because I was looking at the stats. I think he had 112 tackles. He yeah, had one he was all over the place. Yeah, four fumbles and then I think two and a half sacks. I mean, he 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 put some work in, you know, and it's that's that's fun. You know what I mean? And to be able to be in that position for a coach to have your back and you be able to execute what he's wanting to do. I mean, the sky's the limit because the more comfortable you get within that, the more you can play around in disguise and throw people off. And I'm it'd be exciting to see what he does this season. Yeah, I'm excited to see what Josh Metellus does as well. I know the Minnesota Vikings have a lot of decisions to make. Uh, their coaching staff is set. All the head coaching positions are filled. So Brian Flores is staying in Minnesota. Thank goodness. Uh, but now it's time. And, and Roy, you know this is time now for the coaches to go look at the the the, the, the college game, the 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 uh, the senior bowl, the draft is coming up and all that stuff. I know you remember those days. So as the draft gets closer to we'll, we'll get back with you and and relive some of those draft stories. Uh, in those weeks, but I want to thank Roy Williams for joining me on the Hanging Ron Johnson segment. Coming up next, we got the daily three that's three questions. We're gonna take about a minute each today, and we'll do that after a word from our sponsors. And today's show is brought to you by FanDuel Super Bowls coming up, and FanDuel, America's number one sports book, is the best way to get involved, have a little fun with your food, your family. You got the good seat on the couch, the big TV. FanDuel can be a part of the experience if you've got a little skin in the game. And you can get some of that by placing a $5 wager. If it wins, you get $200 in bonus bets. Once again, new customers, you join today, get $200 in bonus bets with your first bet of $5 or more winning. Sign up at FanDuel.com slash locked on, FanDuel.com slash locked on. And with those $200 in your pocket, the world is your oyster with hundreds of ways to wager on the Super Bowl. Literally, almost everything is on the table. Make every moment more with FanDuel. They're an official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Well, now it's time for the Daily Three. That's three questions. We're going to take about a minute each today. Take it away, Sam. Check out the NBA standings, Ron, and it is crazy in the West right now. Four teams separated by half a game. (laughs) Wolves and Thunder tied at the top. Nuggets and Clippers half a game back. Who is the biggest threat to the Wolves in the West? Uh, I think, I mean, after the the Thunder game, uh, just watching them, nothing against it, but I think if you disrupt Chet's game, like you beat them up a little bit, and I think that's what playoff basketball becomes. Uh, I just saw a video of uh, Alonzo Mourning. I don't know if you've seen this one. He elbowed mm-hmm. Scottie Pippen in the head on a foul, and Scottie Pippen had like a knot on his head, and it was just a, a common foul. Like he just went to the line, shot his free throws, and it yeah. literally starts swelling as he shot free throws. And in the comments, people are saying like, I missed the 90s, but that was definitely a flagrant. Like, and you know, you can't just elbow somebody in the head because you missed the ball. And that's what Alonzo did. And Scotty didn't react. He didn't try to fight him. Like today's athlete, would that would have been a fight? That would have been a five-minute, like separated by the court, you know. And so when you look at that, Chet Holmgren, you know, he wouldn't have survived, I don't think, getting beat up like that every night. So I'm more worried about the Nuggets. Jokic can handle getting beat up. They're former champions, so they know what it's going to take to win. Uh, they're right there in striking distance like a Cobra. I think those four teams, the good thing is all four of them are probably going to hold on to home field, home court advantage for a playoff series. And then from there, it's who do you want to play? I don't want to play the Nuggets into the Western Conference Finals. I would rather play the Clippers because I just think the Clippers, not say they're dysfunctional. I just don't know if they really have it. And then I, I think the Nuggets are former champions. So I'm going to go Nuggets, Clippers, and then Thunder. 
I think Clippers right now scare me the most. Best team in the NBA since December 1st. They are clicking mm. on all cylinders. Uh, Ron, Super Bowl Sunday. We just told you about FanDuel. Maybe some folks are getting their $200 free at FanDuel. But, Ron, do you have a favorite Super Bowl bet on FanDuel? Uh, you know, the funniest is not on FanDuel, but this one, the Gatorade thing. I don't know if you've seen that. This this kid text, um, or sorry, not text, DM'd every Chiefs player um, and asked them if they have any idea what the Gatorade, like, have they seen? He, I think he kind of said, like, you guys seen the Gatorade laying around? Because he And he joked, he's like, if you guys tell me the color of the Gatorade uh, and I get it right, we don't have to take our math final. My guess is he's actually trying to, try to make a bet, <laughs> but he made it about math. Uh, cause then his, his message is like math or like, I hate math. Like, Hey, what's, what's the Gatorade color? So I, I do like that prop bet. Um, the one that's gonna kinda... make, hold on, Ron, it is on FanDuel. It is. Okay. Gatorade is on FanDuel. Yeah. FanDuel's got everything. We oh, got I didn't know yellow, they had the Gatorade. yellow, okay. lime or green at plus three eighty. purple at plus three eighty. uh, orange at plus two forty. blue at plus four thirty, and red or pink at plus four ninety. I'm going purple or red because I think the Super Bowl logo might've given away maybe Gatorades. Like, I don't know if you've ever seen the movie con spiracy, I think is what it is with, uh, Will Smith and Margot Robbie, and that's mm-hmm. what they were doing. They were suggestively showing people stuff so that they would do what they want them to do in a sporting event or a bet. And I'm like, imagine the NFL just showing Gatorade in the world, purple and red, purple and red, purple and red, purple and red. So then when the Gatorade employee goes to grab the Gatorade for the winning, because I don't know if each sideline has the same color. That's the other thing, too. Like the Chiefs might have red. Uh, the 49ers might have purple. And then it, it depends on who wins. So it could be purple or red, but I'm going to go with purple or red. I, that's the one I would bet on. Uh, the other one, though, I like it's the rushing these quarterbacks, because we know in the past we've seen Patrick Mahomes get pushed out of bounds and then a, a play continues and they get the winner Super Bowl because of that. And the Bengals guys are pissed off. Uh, we, we've seen uh, quarterback scrambling. Uh, what was it? Eli Manning making stuff happen in the pocket to make the throw to David Tyree. Um, we we've seen, you know, like I, I, I just think that can affect a game as well as the quarterback's legs. And so I, I do like that, that 50 dot 50 yards plus between both quarterbacks. So 25 yards, a quarterback, or maybe Brock Purdy just goes off. Cause we've seen, he can run. So that's another mm-hmm. one that I like. Uh, last one. If Patrick Mahomes gets his third Super Bowl this Sunday, he'll be yep. 28 years old. Do you think he has a chance to catch Brady's seven Super Bowls? He'll be 28. He'll be 28. He he is 28 right now, so he'll have three by age 28. And Brady played till you know 42 or whatever. So if, um, if Mahomes can make it to 38, that's 10 more seasons. 10 more seasons, he'd have to win four more Super Bowls. Yeah, I think he can. I think he can. Four Super Bowls in 10 years. If this team, the problem is going to be though, Kelsey's going to be out the league. Um, you know, can he go find him a, a tight end? Because I don't know if Kelsey's going to play the 40. That's going to be the problem. Like Kelsey's body is beat up. Quarterbacks don't get beat up like other positions do. Um, you know, he won't have like he'll have Pacheco for a while because he's young. Uh, the offensive line is older. Uh, he'll have Creed Humphrey, though. Uh, but some of those other guys are older. Like, yeah, so I don't know. But I think, yeah, four, four and ten years. Andy Reid might retire, though. Who knows? Uh, maybe yeah. Eric Bieniemy comes back and becomes a head coach of the Chiefs. <laughs> there you go. I think I think you get four and ten years. I think he can go to four for sure in 10 years. Yeah. Can he win all four? And that's going to be the question.
Yeah, I mean, he's on a Brady-like pace in terms of appearing in the game. He's Correct. been in six years. Is this five out of six? Mm-hmm. He's been in the game or four out of six. Either way, he's he's getting there about the frequency Brady did. So maybe four out of six, but he's been the AFC yeah. AFC Championship all his career, like right. his entire career. He's been to the AFC Championship game. So yeah, so keep doing that. I mean, you're you're bound to win enough. So I think it all depends about Andy Reid. I think I think he's the secret sauce. If he hangs around a while, which it sounds like he wants to, then yeah, they endless possibilities. And if I'm Eric B enemy, I'm reaching back out to the chiefs. Like, Hey, this thing didn't work out with the commanders. Uh, can I come on as offensive analysts and uh, maybe assistant head coach? And like, <laughs> let me take the reins over it, Andy, when you're done. Cause I went to my own and Ron Rivera, I could, we couldn't, we couldn't survive. We couldn't survive, but I'm Ron Johnson. That's Sam X. That was Roy Williams joining us on the hanging Ron Johnson segment. I want to thank you guys for joining us this week. Make sure you guys check out all of our other shows on locked on sports, YouTube channel, 24 seven wild Vikings, wolves, uh, everything gophers, whatever you name it, Minnesota myth. We're going to talk about arena football at some point. We got to get Ricky Foggy back on the show as well. Talk a little arena football, but again, I'm Ron Johnson. That's Sam Ekstrom. I want to thank you guys. Have a great week. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.